0: Please stand with me, therefore, to the book of Matthew, chapter 28, and I will be reading from verse 1 to verse 17. The book of Matthew, chapter 28, I will read from verse 1 to verse 17. And if you are watching us, maybe you do not have time to look at uh, your Bible, we are going to scroll it down there for you so that you are able to follow, and we will be reading from NIV version. The Bible says that after the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were also afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as He said. Come and see the place where He lay. Then go quickly and tell His disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see Him. Now I have told you. Verse 8. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers. Go to Galilee. There they will see me. While the women were on their way, Some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priest everything that had happened. When the chief priest had met with the elders and devised a plan, they gave soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, you are to say his disciples came during the night and stole him away while we were asleep. If this report gets to the governor, We will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. Verse 16, then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him but some doubted. And that is the reading of God's word. And we all said, thanks be to God. Allow me to invite uh, Reverend Kasimu to come, as he's the one that is going to share with us from the word of God. Thank you very much, I'm Chungaji. We are happy to have you share the word of God with us. Allow me to pray for him. Lord, we want to pray for your servant. We want to ask that Lord, your anointing be upon him, that which you have laid upon his heart, that it will come with conviction. Will you also prepare our hearts so that Lord, we receive that which you have in store for us. For Lord, this we ask, trusting and believing. In Jesus' name we say, it, amen. amen. Let's appreciate our Reverend Kasimo. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mchungaji. Asanti sana. Thank
1: you. Good morning, church the church of Jesus Christ, the church that does not worship in uh, Rongai, the church that does not worship in uh, Corinth and Ephesus, but the church that worships now these days in our homes, the church that uh, brings together families. Because at a time like this, whatever corona has brought, yes, God is turning it for a good. That somehow the church has gone back home. That somehow, parents can be with the children together. That there is no children's service and adult service, that we are all together. Look at uh, the amazing um, works of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he works in his own ways. So I salute you, even as I welcome you today to a sermon that uh, we can entitle Tale of an Empty Tomb. Tale of an Empty Tomb. When Paul, Apostle Paul, wrote Philippians chapter 3, verse 10 and 11, clearly he had a vision. He said that I may know Christ and the power of his resurrection. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. He had a very big vision. He was compelled by this great mystery of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember that Paul had once depended upon the flesh. And the flesh here means or um, implies his circumcision, that he was fully circumcised. And for that, he depended on uh, that I am fully a man obeying the cultural rules, that I am circumcised. He also uh, means His pedigree, because he was from the tribe of Benjamin, and therefore a legal Jew. And uh, also, that was very important to him previously. He also was, uh, depending on the position, as a Pharisee, that actually he was a Pharisee. So depending on the flesh, in these short explanations, he hoped to attain salvation. But then he discovered a mystery of resurrection. When he met with the Lord Jesus Christ on his way to Damascus in his business of persecuting the church, then he began to understand there is another new mystery. There is something that I do not know, powerful as I am, famous as I am, there is something I don't know. He understood there is a mystery of resurrection, and he perceived power beyond measure. For this, he compared and judged everything else that he had ever known to be a loss, What matters to him now, to the apostle, is Jesus. That eternal master that he has come to understand. The master that will never grow old because Paul was soon to grow old. He was soon probably to fall sick. And he has met a master who would never grow old. He had met a master who would never fall sick. He had never met a a master who would never die because Paul knew that a time would come for him to die. A master whose physique would never change. that today you think you're very beautiful and handsome, tomorrow you're walking on a stick. But he had met a master. But what was uh, important to, to him was especially that power of resurrection. And therefore this message comes to you this morning, viewer with the hope that it can heal our souls. Now the medics are trying everything they can to treat the disease and work on what happens with the lungs when coronavirus attacks. And the society and everybody else is also trying our best to do. You've just seen me removing my mask because we have to obey the rules. We must use the wisdom that we've been given. And we have sanitizers. And we need to do what we must do. The government will do what they must do. But the Holy Spirit is busy also attempting to heal our souls at a time like now when we're going through a lot of turmoil, a lot of loss, a lot of anxiety. I hope that this message can also bring healing to your soul. So Paul meant to know that I want to know Christ. He meant experiencing Christ. To experience him, to have him. To, to be partaker of that presence of Christ, to know Christ is to experience Christ, and to partake of that power of resurrection. He remembered an empty tomb, the only tomb, the only tomb that is empty. How? He, this power, there is power of re- resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus Christ actually has power. It has power of salvation. And it has power to clear our condemnation. That resurrection has power. There is power. That power that resurrected, that removed Christ from the, from the strength of the grave. I realize that the other, the other name for seriousness is actually grave. That actually seriousness came from the grave. I remember in primary school, we were learning as serious as a grave. That the grave is very serious. Once you are sent to the grave, you never get out of there. Even the culture will not allow people to exhume you from there. There has to be a, a court order. The grave is very serious and Paul is wondering, I have come to meet a master. A master that resurrected from the grave. A master that now is alive. That power is the, li- the power. These days, you guys who used to see me in the streets, We used to meet in places, the powerful people. I am no longer there. I am busy in a new business of trying to experience Christ and the power of his resurrection. Those guys who used to be with me in pubs, those guys who used to be with me in some joints, that is why I am absent there. I am present elsewhere. I have a new business of experiencing Christ and the power of his resurrection. And therefore, each one of us also are interested in understanding the power That is in the resurrection. And this is a power to deliver us from our sins and misery. But there is opposition. Non-believers are scared of the truth of resurrection. They have come up with theories. These theories are trying to account for an empty tomb. Because it is true. It is written. It is a fact. Research has shown. Yes, that tomb where Christ lay is empty. So, they must, everybody must try to justify, they must try to account for the empty tomb. This is why we are discussing the tale of an empty tomb. They have come up with theories like the theory of the wrong tomb, which says, uh, or proposes that everybody, everybody went to the wrong tomb. That Jesus was just around, by the way, Jesus did not see resurrect. They went to the, to the wrong tomb. They, see, they say that there was an empty tomb, but that is not the tomb where Christ was. That everybody, the soldiers that were sent by the, by, the, by the governor, actually they were, they went to the wrong tomb. The women who went in the morning, they actually went to the wrong tomb. That's what they say. They say that even the disciples who went to witness, they went to the wrong tomb. And then other theories, but look at it. Is that too hard to prove? All the research, all the writings, all the evidence, if you go to Palestine, all the evidence you mean since that time up to now, with all this uh, research, knowledge, and the richness, it was hard to prove that. How absurd, that argument, that theory of the wrong tomb. Then others also have coined uh, the the, the theory of the swooned, uh, the swooned lord. Or the swoon theory of the empty tomb. The the Swoon means fainting. Swoon stands for fainting. That they propose that Jesus did not die. He just fainted on the cross. He was embalmed after fainting. (laughs) That uh, uh, three days he was kept in the cold. In the grave. And he survived that. He He survived the fainting. Later he woke up. He woke up after three days from the fainting, from the swooning. So then, weekend, the weekend uh, uh, resurrector, the weekend pastor, the the weekend person who is coming out of that tomb uh, actually goes and dies. He goes alone and dies somewhere in solitude. That is the theory of the swooned Lord. How absurd again. How foolish again. How? Who else? Who else can survive? To be buried in a tomb for three days. Then you are fainting. you faint three days without air, without food, without breathing. Which science is that? How absurd. Because they oppose the truth. They are scared of the truth that that tomb is empty and Jesus is not there. He is risen. He is alive. We believe in a living Christ because the tomb where he lay is empty. All this is foolish. And you would rather commit to knowing Christ and that power. Paul decides to commit his life to that. You choose to do that. Only the tomb of the Lord Jesus Christ is empty. Only that one is vacant. Go to China and you will find the tomb of Buddha. And there is no vacancy. If you want to bury someone there, there is no vacancy. The tomb says no vacancy. You go to Middle East and there is a grave of Mohammed. The great prophet, the tomb is occupied. There's no vacancy. If you go to Russia, you'll find a glass coffin. You find a glass coffin of Lenin. That great man Lenin. No vacancy. The glass coffin is occupied. But you go to Palestine, you go to that ancient tomb where Jesus lay, and you will find it is written, it's vacant. I mean, yeah, it's 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 vacant. It's unoccupied. It is empty. In fact, were not for the purpose of economic, uh, uh, you know, uh, purposes that, and, and of course, tourism, that tomb should have been uh, occupied because it is vacant. There is nobody. There is no bone. The tomb is empty. Only the tomb of Jesus Christ is vacant. All the others are occupied. My father's grave is occupied. My brother's graveyard where we buried my brother is already occupied. Yes, every other tomb is occupied except the tomb of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is an empty tomb. What a great revelation. This is what Paul wants to know. This is what Abednego wants to know. This is what you want to know. Let us refresh therefore ourselves with the biblical truth in Matthew chapter 28 verse 1. We've read up to, up to, 10, uh, up to 17, but uh, we'll concentrate up to about 10. This is the tomb site. Welcome. Come with me to the tomb site. We see several characters there. We see some players there. So come with me uh, mentally, spiritually. Come with me. And we see three players. We see, first of all, from, uh, chap- from verse 1, we see um, humans. So there are people who who went there. We see humans at the tomb. First of all, we have the the tomb site. The tomb is here. Then there is the scene here. We have the entrance and everything. And who do we see? First, we see humans. In the end of the Sabbath began, then uh, Mary Madeline and the other Mary came to see the sepulcher. Human witnesses coming to see. So we are going to discuss them. What is it that they have come to do? We are told they just came to look. And then we have heavenly, some heavenly being there, an angel, described how he was dressed, fully described as an angel. So we have an earthly being, some earthly beings, humans, coming to the tomb site. We have heavenly beings coming to the tomb site, and they are all there. And then finally, we have Jesus himself. Is around somewhere there. So this is a very interesting. So rather than just narrate the story, now because we already read and we've always read, let's try to understand these characters. What are they actually doing? These uh, human, human uh, uh, creatures who are there, the, the Marys and women who came to see, actually I see a, a very important thing here. Some came to see the tomb. Because the Bible says they came to look. Come, came to see the tomb. Just the same way some people come to church to see. Even some of you have just come to our website or Facebook to see. Very very shortly, you might actually be switching off to go and see. We go see. Some people come to marriage to see. They don't even come to do anything else. They come to see. They marry someone's daughter to come and see. They someone's someone's son to come and see. People come to companies just to see. After three months, they resign, they go. They say, I didn't find anything good. They come seeing. Human beings like coming to see. Others, we see some other, others have come to stay. They came to stay or they came to linger. When we look at John chapter 20, verse 11 to 18, we are, we are beginning to understand Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene is one of the women who came to stay. She did not just come to see, she came to stay. Remember, she is a stayer. Remember, this lady who had been demon possessed and Christ healed her, and since that time she was forever grateful. She wanted to stay around that healer, the great healer, the great deliverer, the great restorer. She was actually the last to leave the grave, the, 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 the Golgotha, and she was also yeah, she was among the last to leave Golgotha. She also among the first to go and uh, see the grave, and she is among the last to remain. She wanted to remain there. She is a stayer. She is a lingerer. Eh? Reverend Irene, we are lingerers. I hope we are lingerers. My my viewer, I hope you come to stay. Some people come to see and they backslide, but there are those who come to stay. There are those who come to linger, but some also came to serve. They brought uh, the oil uh, called meal. You remember the three gifts by the the wise men from the, from the east, the, the, the philosophers, they brought several gifts and one of them was myrrh. It is actually wood, uh, oil that is used uh, for anointing. Very important. It is actually a preservative. So they carried this oil, the myrrh, I don't know how you pronounce it, but myrrh, and it, they brought it so that it can preserve the body. So some came to see, others came to stay, others came so that they can serve but we also find the ministry of the angels the heavenly angel this other player who comes here he had a mission and he has tools the mission was to remove obstacles of faith he was coming to remove obstacles he was coming to bring to create the substance of the things that are not seen he is not just there Don't just read that narrative that the angel is just there. There is a purpose. The human beings are described. This is how we behave. The angel, the heavenly power, came to remove obstacles of faith. First of all, when we look at verse 2 to 3, we realize that he came to open the prison gates. First of all, when the human visits when the visitors came, when the women came, they actually found the heavenly being there. So they found that the angel had come, He had come through in the midst of many hardly I mean heavenly happenings, an earthquake, of course, because of what had happened uh, three days ago, or this, uh, this could be the aftermath, but whatever was happening, he came in a very loud, a very big way. And he was there preparing, waiting for the, for the human visitation. And he came to open the prison gate. He rolled away the tombstone for women. In Mark chapter 16, verse 1, we, we, we see, Mark is telling us, that the women were very worried. They were just women, and they know how big the stone was. They were wondering even if we go, and we are carrying our oil, how shall we get there? And we are just women. So, the angel came to roll away the tombstone. Graves could release souls looking for relief. That was the idea of the stones. The stones in the, in the Old Testament economy stood for various uh, you know, things, including an altar. But for this particular thing, we look at the culture of burial. They were there like a slab, what we use today. We put a slab or we put something and we, we cover the grave so that the spirit of the dead does not get out looking for relief because it is very hot down there. It is very hot down there. Every, sport, every soul wants to get out. But the slabs keep them there. Every time we go burying people, with them, rest in peace. Stay there. Don't get out. Stay there. Your time has gone. Stay there. We are crying, saying like, in love, rest in peace. We are actually telling you, never come out. Face the strength of the grave, because it is very serious. Stay there. So actually they put the stone and said, rest in peace. And yet the angel had to come, because sin actually kills souls, and it buries them sealing them there, telling you never get out of sin. Never understand the secret of resurrection. Sin imprisons us. It brings, it, it, it brings false joy. You stay in a joy that is false. You stay in an adequacy and self-judgment where you feel that I do, not, I do not have the capacity to remain born again. If I invite Christ in my life as my personal savior, I don't have the capacity. I am actually inadequate. So the angel rolled it away as commanded by Jesus and we can come out of our spiritual tomb. We come out of our spiritual tomb and then he also came to disperse the human effort. He removed the soldiers. The religious leaders feared the resurrection but Jesus had prophesied so they feared that Jesus' prophecy would come true. If he resurrects then they are wrong. So what they do, they look for Pilate to seal the tomb and send the guards, and so disciples do not steal the body. Jesus broke these efforts. The angel has come to break these efforts because Christ is the one who guards. He is the real provider. He is the one who is Jehovah Jireh. So he came to break these efforts. No more effort. No more human effort except wisdom. That our will not take us anywhere. Our effort will not take us anywhere. Unless the Lord builds the house, the laborer be, uh, labor in vain. So the surrender to the God is necessary. He is the wonderful God. And the last thing that he came to do, the angel, was to kill unbelief. He was coming to provide evidence or the proof that Jesus is truly resurrected. He converses with the, with the women, urging them to remember, to obtain facts, he wanted them to remember the past, the past prophecies, the past, the past uh, sinfulness of man, the past hopelessness, and the assurance of, G- uh, 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 of Jesus Christ himself. So he wanted them to remember the present. He wanted them to remember that he is not here. He is not here, he is risen. The tomb is here, it is vacant. He wanted them to remember that the victory is won. The present means that now Jesus, your Savior, liveth forever. Therefore, fear not. The fear is gone. Remember the future. Hang on the promise by faith. Matthew chapter 12 verse 40. He told them that yes, just like Jonah, I will be gone for three days. And the third day I would rise up. Yes, remember the future because of the promise. Don't be surprised. Even COVID-19, don't be surprised. He talked about what Jesus talked about. The future. The future things. What will happen? And that he is the, reign, the reigning king, that he continues to reign. Even in the future, he will. Don't be surprised. Believer, don't be surprised by these things. Don't be surprised by the end time events. Don't be surprised by COVID-19. Others will come. This is not the last one. Other epidemics will come, most likely. Other, other calamities will come. Don't be surprised. He told them. This is the evidence, and therefore it's about the future. Remember the evidence. Come inside. He invited them to come inside and see. They saw the grave clothes arranged. By who? Heavenly power. He also showed them the napkin that was divinely secured. By who? They are the first ones. By heavenly power. Remember the plan? The witness is contagious. He told them, now that you've seen this, Go out. The witness is contagious. It is irresistible. If you know this fact, then you have to proceed. You cannot stop. Go and keep sharing. Go and keep sharing this truth. Tell them the Savior liveth. Praise the Lord. What a wonderful God. What a wonderful story of resurrection. Therefore, Matthew begins this narrative with the truth of eternal life. An eternal life, anchored on proof of resurrection. And this is a tale of an empty tomb, but ends with a false tale of a lie. By the soldiers and the Pharisees that we see later, they come up with a story. And as a result, we have multiple religions today and occult. It's up to you to choose the tale of an empty tomb or tale of a lie. Personally, I choose the tale of the empty tomb. I choose to remember the recent Christ. I remember his blood. I remember his invitation to me to come for everlasting life. And, and just play a song so that all of us, even in our house, in our homes, we remember because I, remember, I choose personally the tale of an empty tomb. Not a lie of an empty tomb. It's very important for me because life must pass. Because the soul must be healed. And it is healed by this assurance that I have come to a living Christ. And I, I invite you to also turn with me to First Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Cha- uh, chapter 11 verses uh, 23 to 30. Um, and, and I invite you to think about the finished work of the cross. He has died on the cross. He has come out a victor. Death could not hold him. A lot of crying. A lot of sweating. Persevering for us. Perseverance that no human could do. We remember him. I will forever remember him. As I linger around, the, around this master like Mary Magdalene. I choose to be a linger. I used to choose to be a stayer. To remember his death. To remember his sacrifice. So we are reading um, what Paul is saying. For I received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you. That the Lord Jesus in the, in the night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks he broke it and said. This is my body which is for you. This do in remembrance of me. In like manner also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as ye drink. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink the cup, ye proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whosoever shall eat the bread or drink the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man prove himself and let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he that eateth and drinketh, eateth and drinketh judgment unto himself if he desire not the body. What is it that we shall remember? And as we remember, we ask you in your homes, there are rules what the Bible has said here, that the one serving, you only need to get some piece of bread, cut into smaller pieces, that becomes symbolic bread. After all, it is not a physical bread, it is a symbolic bread. In church, you know very well we have a better uh, designed emblem, uh, elements, but we, we can still do that. We can still design um, at home a simplified uh, uh, symbol of the body of Jesus Christ, a small piece of bread, and you can cut into pieces enough for your family. We remember his suffering as we take this bread. We can also design at home where you are because you're already prepared. Pastor Majid has already told you. We remember the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on the cross for us. What is it that we remember? Our atonement, our forgiveness, our justification, that blood makes it hard for the Father to see us. So we share some Ribena or a soda um, so that uh, just enough for a gulp, not to, to take a lot of it, just a gulp, and there you are. So and I believe, that you have already done that. As you do that, let me give you just one minute um, as uh, my brother sings a song, and we can just join him. And I just give you only one minute so that we do it. Uh, I also invite the few the few pastors that uh, that have come to just uh, help us uh, in uh, in this uh, la- uh, online service. Just a few. We have just uh, just this. Just take your positions. We are observing the social distance. So everybody has. So Paul says this in verse 24. I believe that the one who is partaking is a believer also because the Bible has already told us please don't take in an unworth manner. You cannot remember what you don't have. You can give your life to the Lord today and you can continue partaking. If you have not invited Christ in your Lord and you have not partaken of his death what would you remember? So you need to be a believer. And the one serving, I believe now that you are serving, and everybody is holding the blood like the the body, the the symbolic body of the Lord, like this, the piece of um, bread that you have, or biscuit. And all of us have a mood of repenting our sins, believing in the power of the blood. Father, Jesus Christ, you are the one who cried on the cross and said, forgive them, for they do not know what they do we come to you you holy one we come to you sinful as we are our lips are dirty we say evil things our eyes are dirty we say we see evil things we are lured into sin our hearts are evil we think very many evil things but you are holy we come to you knowing that you have power and you desire to cleanse us. Those who have come to know you, we come to you for cleansing, that you cleanse us with your blood. And Father, may you accept us as we stand before you. If there is any sin in us that is unknown, wash us clean with the blood of Jesus Christ. So when he had given thanks, Jesus Christ broke the bread, and he said, take it and remember me for this is my blood. I invite you to just take that element that you have. Take it by faith in the name of Jesus Christ. He broke it. He broke it personally he broke it personally, he knew how his body would be torn How it would be torn. How his beauty would be gone. That he would no longer be a handsome man. That nails would be put on him. And his lashes and strokes would destroy his body. But he has given it unto us so that we are healed. By his stripes we are healed. We take it by faith so that we remember the body that he gave it to us. And after this, verse 25. After the same manner, he also took the cup, supped, saying, this is my new covenant. This is the new covenant of my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. I invite you to take that symbolic drink representing the Bible of Jesus Christ as we fellowship, as we remember Christ, as we remember that we are no longer judged. That yes, you think that I am a harlot, that was yesterday. Now I am washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. You are accusing me of corruption. That was yesterday. You are accusing, you only remember the corrupt deals I did when I was out there. This I have come to the Lord. The blood of Jesus Christ is out for me. Oh, the blood of Jesus,
0: oh, so lord we continue to thank you for your blood we thank you for your body that was beaten for our sake and that lord that which you went through and you overcame we can also go through and overcome because lord you also came as a substitute for justification and as an atonement Lord, we pray that as we've partaken this communion today on an Easter Sunday that by your grace we remember that which you did and one of those is victory. Will you give us victory in our different situations, in our different circumstances for love this we ask trusting and believing in Jesus' name. And we all say it, we all say it, amen amen thank you very much under normal circumstances i will be asking you to pass the elements on the aisles so that our leaders can uh, pick them and can collect them but today thank you for the privilege and for the honor of allowing us to celebrate the communion even in your home thank you thank you very much yes jesus was crucified And we want to thank you for being part of our service today. Giving, Lord, we thank you for everyone that has been able to be with us, that has been able to pray a prayer prayer of blessing upon each and every one of us. Amen, amen. In a short while, we are going to pray, but thank you for being with us. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for worshiping the Lord with us. I have seen quite a number of people, and many, many of you, Yes, we just want to thank the Lord. May the Lord bless you so much. Trust that we've had a wonderful time in the presence of the Lord. Let me ask that wherever you are, just stand to your feet so that then we can bring the service to a close. Please continue to follow us in our social media. If you have prayer requests, please let us know either through social media, but you also have our numbers. Just let us know. So that we keep you in prayers and where possible, we can even try within the circumstances to pay a visit and the Lord will bless you. So wonderful people of God, I pray that the Lord bless you, that the Lord keep you, that the Lord make his face to shine upon you, and that the Lord be gracious to you. This season, my prayer for you is a protection of the Lord and the cover of the Lord, like the Lord covered the children of Israel during the Passover in Egypt. But I also pray a prayer of healing that those that may contact or may have this disease, the healing of the Lord be with you. How I pray for the loved ones that may be under quarantine and with all those worries and anxious moments, that the peace of God be with you the peace of God that transcends all understanding. This is my prayer for you and over you in the name of God, who is the Father and who is the Son and who is the Holy Spirit. And we all said, I said we all said, the three, four, five of us here, we said, Amen. Amen.